Welcome to the Consciouspreneur Podcast, where we discuss and apply the principles of mindset, leadership, and business building strategies that align with our purpose, honor the people we work with, and generate a sustainable profit. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Consciouspreneur podcast. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross, and today we have the pleasure of speaking with Wendy Manganero. As a mindful marketing strategist, Wendy knows that the best marketing doesn't start on a, spe- on a specific platform, nor is it a marketing tactic, but consistently marketing in a way that will resonate with your audience. Wendy creates overall marketing strategies for the health and wellness industry, focusing on the best approach to bring new people to their doors. In addition, Wendy also utilizes her unique marketing strategy and social media technical skills to help create an organic community and intentional clients for your health and wellness business that are unique and individualized to her client's personality and company. Wendy, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm kind of excited. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, mar- marketing is is one of those areas um, that we do tend to get very tactical about. And um, I think so much so that we can forget, a, we can get so wrapped up in the tactics and the strategies and the platforms, what we're doing that we forget kind of like why we're doing it or why we're, why this is the right thing for me. And I think that's really what we're going to dig into today, Correct. Exactly. That's that's really what it is. And really matching who you are, what you do, so that you attract those who are really kind of need you. And um, I'm, I call myself the anti-guru because you're probably going to listen to me and go, that's not what that person who said I has to be six figures does because it's not cookie cutter. And I find that a lot of places, a lot of times there are cookie cutter methods that can work. It may work for you, but you need to know the right questions to ask so that they can, as opposed to spending money and then later on going, I don't understand why this didn't work. So it's really understanding who you are and how to market well under that guise instead of what somebody else tells you to do. I love this whole idea. And I know we're kind of jumping in. We'll get to know more Mm -hmm. about you in a minute. But since you brought this up. I think that um, when we use a cookie cutter, we have this canned approach. This is going to get you six figures or whatever the promise is. Again, that goes back to we're just focusing on the doing. We're not really Mm -hmm. focusing on what was the problem that this system was really set up to solve. And is that really your problem? Right. 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 Because I've worked with um, marketers in the past that that system didn't work at all. And I realized later, I was like, well, we weren't even working on the same problem. <laughs> right. And, and you know, strangely enough, it has to work to your personality, especially as, as an entrepreneur. It has to work. There's a couple phases within it. It has to work. It has to work to the, to the owner's personality. It has to work to the company and what they're trying to solve. And then most importantly, it has to work to the person who's going to read, hear, and resonate with them to say, this is the right person for me. Because I find that in today's world, there's a lot of worry about going viral, which is lovely. There's nothing wrong with it. I've had stuff go viral. That doesn't mean that that's going to go across when it goes viral in front of the right right eyes. And I'm really into the more organic, let's get it in front of the right people who are going to resonate with you, as opposed to trying to 
claim the whole world who really, it's like that jack of all trades, master of none. That's what happens when we go viral. I know that sounds crazy because you're like, well, but I want, I want people to see this. And, and yes, it is slightly a numbers game. I'm not going to say that it isn't, but again, you can say have 10,000 people who would never buy for you because it's just going to be another video and those, and then or 500 that really go, Oh my gosh, that, 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 that person really has a solution for me. And so it's really learning again. And what will you do? Because the most important question is, is what will you actually do? Because going viral can be a lot of work or, or that mindset. Like I have to be on, I, I work with so many entrepreneurs and they come to me and they say, I have to be on this, this social media platform. And I'm always like, why? I'm so right. excited to find out why this why? is yeah. right. They're like, well, be, because because so-and-so is. I'm like, really? Do, you, do do they have the right kind of clients that you want? Well, no. Yeah. Okay. Right? Like, so we, we tend to kind of, because we want our business to work. And it comes from a place that we really want our business to work. We really want to help people. And so we think that if we do more, it's going to help as opposed to just doing what could be simply done well to help the right people. And it's just a shift in that mindset. Simply is one of my favorite words in the whole dictionary. And I love it that you are making this simple for us. So before we get into the meat of the marketing and and your approach to it, let us know a little bit about you. So what is your journey into entrepreneurship? So it's a, I always look at my, my um, journey into where I'm at now and go, oh my gosh, what a windy, <laughs> like the song, but anyway, um, <laughs> so I actually went to school, believe it or not, I'll start there. I went to school to be a, a police officer. I was going to school for, uh, I was going to school for criminal justice. And they told me if I wanted to be a lawyer, I should take criminal justice in English. And I did. And so I have a, a bachelor's in criminal justice that I've not used once in my whole entire career. So saying that though, I was, um, and here's kind of what happened to me. I was, um, I was working for a company called Covenant House. And if you do not know that company to this day, I love that, that company. I will never say anything bad. It was the most wonderful experience I've ever had working in, in, um, in an, uh, uh, a nonprofit organization. They have they their programming is phenomenal, um, and I was ready to graduate. And I realized that if I graduated and actually followed what I went to school for, that I would not help be able to help people before they got into trouble. And while I was sitting there, I had this like epiphany. When I tell you epiphany, I was interviewing for half of the New Jersey State Judicial any law thing. I was I was getting into second round interviews, and I was like. I don't want to do this. I mean, we were talking months away from graduation. So um, much to many people's shock because I didn't go for the regulars out. They're like, you know, you work in nonprofit. It makes no money, that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. so I, 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 but I stayed in nonprofits and I um, went into nonprofit management and, um, and I really enjoyed it. And the last nonprofit that I worked for, it actually taught me a whole bunch of lessons. And and I feel like I have a background that helps me help the people that I work with really well because, you know, criminal justice, believe it or not, helped me solve 
puzzles. I know that sounds like a, a very strange thing, but that background helped me look at things a little bit more distance and says, okay, what connects, what makes sense, what doesn't. And I really love that 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 kind of gave me that that foundation. And then nonprofit helped me to really learn how to listen to other people and say, okay, are we really solving the problem? Are we really looking at this? And and I had some great mentors in the nonprofit world who kind of said, okay, strangely enough, this is a nonprofit, but we're not going to run it like the um, traditional nonprofit. We're going to actually raise awareness, raise funds, try to get away from government funding, like all of these things that were really uh, opposite of what traditionally I've known nonprofit to be, which was pretty amazing. But it was kind of the um, the world I was in was a little bit male dominated. And I had a president who let me know that I would not be able to speak to other people in the state to advocate the way he did because I was not him. And I was like, that doesn't work for me. So I may have left. <laughs> was like yeah that's not going to work plus I had a and at the time my son was young um and he was ill and the fact of the matter is is they told me I made too much money to get him into medical daycare and if I wanted to put him in medical daycare I had to take a job that was going to be a lot less money that did not make sense to me because I was like well if I'm going to leave this job then I'm going to take care of my son myself it's not to be to send him somewhere else I I ended up leaving that last nonprofit and I was the youngest in the state of New Jersey at that time for what I did. I was the youngest director. And um, the good thing about that company, too, it had sent me everywhere, literally in the state to every when I say almost every networking event. And so one of the ones that I was involved with at the time was eWomen Network. And the woman who ran it here in the county I was or the chapter that I was in was phenomenal. And I started to, before even I left the company, I kept saying to my, I was going to all these networking events. I was hearing about marketing and I was hearing about Facebook. And and I kept saying to the nonprofit, we need to do this. And they kept saying, no, this is not, this is, this is not a good thing. And I kept saying, then I go to these other events and I hear women who were entrepreneurs here saying like, this is, this is you know, I, I don't understand. I don't understand how to like help to have me have this help my business. And because I understood networking so well, like networking in person at the time, hard to really think about it is like, what if we could network through this and um, act like there was no screen and make it into a natural networking thing. And that's really how that kind of started because I kept hearing these conversations. I'm like, this is fascinating. Again, I like to solve problems and puzzles. So so it kind of really um, piqued my interest. And for whatever reason, I would go on to this network at the beginning and I'd be able to figure out what works and what did the technical side of it. And I was like, this is kind of fascinating. So I met with this woman after I left the company and I, and I said, well, I have to do something. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I have to do something. And she said, well, you're always talking about that social media thing. I'll give you a deal. I'll let you, and this is how this started. I will let you do the marketing for the, on Facebook on, of the, of the chapter for in return, I'll give you a free membership to the network. And that's how I started my first company. I was like, 
this is a good deal. And then I followed through. And for the next two years, I went to 52 out of the 52 events for that networking group. I never missed one. And, and I've really started to get known as the, as the Facebook girl, <laughs> the Facebook woman. And people would start to call me a guru and all. And it made me so uncomfortable at that time. I was like, I know nothing. I just... I just know how to network. And to that point of even that I had started to get clients there and I realized that the reason why I showed up at every event is that I would see all of my clients in one place and I would make all of the connections and then bring it all into the social media. And that's how I really like, I, that's essentially where I did even did my client meetings. I mean, I just showed up and there's something to say about showing up in business that it, you know, Years ago, we used to have that thing in marketing, like if you build a website, they'll come. But really is if you show up and hence the consistency in marketing today, it will happen. And so the problem was even with that, I started doing updates and teaching people like how to hit this key. And and then I um, met this person. I actually got, uh, my company got brought in under a division of another company and and uh, at that time, and I had a business partnership for a while. And we realized though that we were not strategizing enough for the company. And that's kind of how I got into this because I, we worked with this uh, man and he was brilliant. I mean, just just brilliant. And, and I was like, well, this is really a fascinating thing is like that he would put all of these structures together and kind of make it a really meaningful marketing thing. Um, and none of it was cookie cutter. He'd go deep dive into the companies and everything. And I was like, oh, this is fascinating. Um and then um, my husband and I moved to um, Louisville for his job from New Jersey. And um, and my business partnership started to teeter out at that point. It was just not going to work with the distance. So I was like, all right, I'll go back. But this time I really wanted to do it differently. I really wanted to make sure that I understood. And so I opened my own agency at that time. And I did coaching and do it for you services. And uh the missing component I realized was this strategy. And I actually, during that time, um, I went back and got my MBA in business and like I did all of the things. And what I realized, even with all of that, and I had my agency for nine years, I actually just closed it last year. <laughs> I did it. And I, yeah, I closed it. And I, I only write strategies now because I, I have found that these, this is the knowledge of my career of nine years is that, um, cause I would kind of go in as the marketing department and kind of run it. I'd write the strategies, run it and put all the pieces together. Or I would work with smaller co- companies and coach them through putting the pieces together. And I loved doing that for the time that I did it, but there was lessons that I've learned throughout that. One is that all companies at some point in time will hire outside to have people do marketing. And as they grow, if it's done correctly, they're going to bring it in-house and they should. I, I So I'll, I've, I would have clients for three or four years and they'd be like, this is great. We've got the system down. We're going to hire somebody in-house to do it. And, and it makes sense, right? So I... And doing it for a company is a very different because it's a, it's a very demanding, especially when you're really doing the whole thing, whole shebang marketing, um, even with the people that I had under me. And last year I went through a, um, I lost somebody due to COVID and who was very, was like my father figure. And quite honestly, I took a very deep look at my life and going, 
am I really doing what I want to do? Am I really like, I love marketing. I would never not love marketing. It is in my being now that I do it. Um, but am I doing it in a really a way that fits my family, who I am, um, and those I would like to work with? And I realized the answer was a big no. So I, I simplified again, everything that I do, everything that I do. I'm actually in the middle of uh, writing e-courses, uh, but because so people can kind of do this themselves. But guys, because what I learned through this whole thing is that I would get those phone calls, literally, I would get companies who would call me and say, I hate marketers. This is how they would start off. They come to me for my services and tell me how much they hate marketers. And I'd be like, okay, like this is at least I know where I stand. This is And and at the end they wouldn't, but it it there's a lot of unfortunately because people have done cookie cutters because they the person says I'm going to do the next six figure or or they try to go into these systems that don't work for who they are, they have this dislike because they feel like they've wasted money. I mean I've had clients who called me and and, and said I've spent two thousand on Facebook ads I haven't gotten a lead because somebody told me to do that and they did it they literally didn't have the Facebook page set up like they didn't have the first step to get to the second step and they couldn't understand why it didn't work. I've had other companies who's called me up and said, I have $20,000 to spend on ads. And I'd say, well, that's great. What's your intended outcome? We have none. We just want to see how it'll go. <laughs> so I'm like, this is not a good fit, right? Because because it's it's not going to go because you don't know why it's going to go. You have to have, there's a process to that that has to work for you and has to work for those who are seeking you. Um, and so what I do now is I go into companies, big or small, and I say, okay, this is all that you have. Like, is this streamlined? Do you a do you need all of this? Because a lot of times companies don't need it all. B is there a piece that's like you have all the pieces, but it's actually not connected. And C, are you continuing to search for new clients when most of your clients are already in your database and you just need to learn how to communicate with them really well? So those are the things, those are like the starting things that I look at when I walk into any company and then write the plan. But that's like like that idea of, um, of, you know, sometimes because we followed so many people along the way, it gets really, really muddied. And so I work with the people who've had it really, really muddied because they followed this for a little while and they didn't like this, it didn't work for them or it just didn't work, period. And then they started over here and there's no communication. And I always say that like marketing usually, especially for small companies, usually end up being in silos. There's no one person like the website company doesn't talk to the social media people, social media people. Right. And so you look at companies, brands, and you're like, okay, that was from three years ago. And that was from two years ago. And nobody has communicated to kind of see if this is actually going to work for the company and so that it doesn't feel disjointed. And so that's kind of been my experience is that I have taken everything I've have in my background and I've kind of used that in what I do now. And the mindful side of it comes from the fact that right around the time that I started my own agency, I had, um, I had, I had one of those epiphany moments again. (laughs) And, um, and I had, I was, we had moved to Kentucky and, um, 
E-Women Network again, but they were having their yearly show in Texas. They have a yearly um, big to-do in Texas. And so our at my old company, the young lady that worked for us was getting an award for up-and-coming woman of the year type of thing. Uh, she was nominated from our chapter. And so I promised her all year, even though I moved, I'd be there. And so I went and there was this woman there who is so funny. She had been our client. I have seen her a zillion times and I never really got to talk to her. It was a strange thing. Like I read all these events. So it took me going from Louisville to Kentucky to see her that I knew her in New Jersey. It was a really weird thing. But anyway, um, I realized that it was like a missing component of what I was trying to do. Like I was like, all right, things are not exactly working. Like I, I, like I can't get the pieces together myself. Um, and she be, and she was a dream coach, but I really think she, she was a really of a spiritual mindful coach. And she helped me through that process at that time. And the more that I started to look into mindfulness and uh, wealth consciousness and, and look at worth and, um, it really started to kind of resonate because the more I work with with clients, I realize I can hear, once you kind of understand that, you can hear the blocks and the limits that people put on themselves. And they don't even know they're doing it either by their language or by the way that their business is working out. And so I when I started to recreate what I'm doing now, I knew that was going to be a really big part of it is this like, let's, if we took away all of what you think are limits, right. And really looked at how you could attract the right people in, then we can do it in a way that like, there's an attraction to it, but there's also a strategic way. Cause I'm very big into like the universe always says yes. So let's kind of get that on paper of what you're really asking for. And so that's how I kind of look at that that way. I love that. And, and bringing in that mindfulness or that self-awareness, you know, we, emotional intelligence, the first step is, is self-awareness. And most of us love by default, right? We, we have a goal we want to meet. We think we know how we're going to move in that direction. We make decisions. Maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. And we create new beliefs about ourselves. Right. And this mm-hmm. is one thing that I've seen with entrepreneurs, and maybe you've seen this too, is that when we make a decision, we didn't get the results we wanted. It's easy to say, I messed up somehow. I'm using nicer language, right? Other than what usually goes on in our head. I, mm-hmm. I made the wrong decision, or I shouldn't have done this, or I should have known, like all the shoulds come into play, which kind of, I think, again, by default, we think we're supposed to kind of beat ourselves up for things that didn't go the way that we thought they should so that somehow in the future, we don't make those same mistakes. I say, don't beat yourself up because you're creating a more of a block for the future than you are letting go of a block. So when I first started that company in Louisville and I had, um, so there's two things that happened. I, I, I was going to work with this woman, Sean, and, um, I have come back from from the Texas and it's two, about two weeks. It's not right right away. But that's when I was like, this is not going to like I was trying to make it work. I was like, I'll go there. I'll do some self-discovery. I'll figure out how I'm going to make this business partnership work. You know, it was like it was like I was trying to wrangle something that was not wrangleable. You know, it just it wasn't going to work. But I kept 
thinking like, well, if I do this, or I right, that there was a lot of I, and sometimes I have to remove the I in the conversation to be like, okay. But I called her after I realized it wasn't going to work, and I called up Sean, and we hadn't even started working together because I was going to wait for my son to start school then, and um. And I called her up and I said, I can't believe I did this. I just told her that this isn't going to work. I'm out. I'm just out. I'm starting a new company. I'm out. And uh, so Sean said to me, well, what's the name of your company? And I had named it Social Abundance Marketing. And she said, well, then you put abundance in it and you're fine. I'll talk to you in two weeks. And literally like hung up on me. And I was like, who is this woman? Like, she's like, she's like, you ask the universe for what you want. And it was like done. And I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> any sense to me. So then I'm working with her and I get my first potential client and, and it's really what, what you're talking about. And it's going to be a state, it's going to be one of the universities in, in Kentucky. And I'm like, so excited. I'm going to go and I'm going to teach artists, which I just thought was like the coolest thing, how to use social media. And I was like, and it was like a thousand dollars to teach four classes. I'll never forget this. And I had to drive an hour each time to do it in person for a two hour class. And I thought I was making millions yeah. in my head. Yeah. You know, like this was the, I, was like, I can't believe they're going to hire me. And, and to say that I've worked with them and blah, 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 like, right. And then two days before, like the money is supposed to come through, they're supposed to sign everything. They call and say that we've went in a different direction. And I am devastated. I mean, I am devastated. And I called Sean at the time and she said to me, you know, Wendy, if you stay here, you're going to miss what you're supposed, what the universe really would like to give you. She's like, so you can, you can be sad for a little bit, but be careful not to stay in it because you'll miss where you're supposed to go. She's like, because everything happens for our highest good. And I was like, what? Yeah. She thought, I'm thinking, my bank account does not agree with this right now, right? Like, this is my head at that time. And sure enough, you know, a couple weeks later, and I don't even remember how I got the referral. It was from somebody from New Jersey that knew me and said, you know, Wendy's the great and blah, blah, blah. And I got a six month contract, which ended up being a three year contract for like a thousand dollars a month. Right. But if I would have stayed stuck in what I thought I was missing or why I didn't think it would turn off and that, you know, turn out, I mean, I would have missed that. And I think that that's what happens when people do marketing too. They go, that launch didn't go so well. I didn't get what I wanted or I didn't. Right. But but the fact of the matter is usually we've learned something through that, right? There's no knowledge that is lost with a bad launch. There is There are things that we wouldn't do again. Maybe we followed something that we somebody swore up and down if we did it exactly this way, but it didn't resonate. So it's never going to work for us. You know what I mean? Like, and, but now we know this, we, we, we have this information, right? Like, you know, and I'm always um, a type of person who really believes that I think that most times we need to push ourselves slightly out of our comfort zone, but if we're completely out of our comfort zone, it's going to read all over us, going to read all over us, and we're not going to be able to market well. I actually have a great example, and and not this somebody that was my client. Um, I do a lot of relationship building through LinkedIn. It's one of my favorite things to teach, and but it re- it requires a somebody who's willing to do that. I have people who are like, nope, I'll never do that. Anymore. And that's okay. But if, if you're comfortable with it, it's really a great 
great uh, tool. So I'm doing this and I reach out to this woman and I really think that she works with, uh, it's right after the, it's right where we are starting to hear, hear the word pivot, like a household word every single day for days <laughs> during that time or months. But anyway, so I look at her profile and it says that she is a, um, she's a resume writer for those who have their own business, she writes resumes who would like to go back into the workforce. I was like, that's interesting, different. So we start talking and I start asking her questions and we end up having uh, just a connection call because I'll, I'll do that at that time. I would just connect with people. No. And especially during the pandemic, like how else can I network? And I like to network. So it just kind of seemed natural to me. And then she got on the phone with me and she said, actually, I don't do this at all. I said, you don't do this at all. She goes, yeah, I did this because everybody told me I had to pivot and what I was going to do, what I was doing, nobody would buy right now. So I don't, I don't even like to write resumes. And I was like, wow. Right. Because, and, and, you know, there's this thing where, and this is where I think it's so important to be able to listen to yourself, to market yourself well, that you don't get caught up into everybody else's fear, their fears, (laughs) on your life and then your it shows up in your marketing or how you're representing you. She's like, I know I hate this. She goes, no, but nobody has called me. This is really the onus of the story is nobody has even asked me about this. And, and I was like, because it's too far. I'm like pivoting doesn't mean we have to move to, to somebody else unless you really want, you're passionate and that's the journey you want, but pivoting for the sake of, I'm afraid that I'm not going to get what I want over here. So now I'm going to push more over into this other area that doesn't make me feel good, doesn't allow us to really receive what we need. And I'm like, and people know that because I'm sure even if you had a conversation, if you're telling me this, <laughs> you're it's going to come out with the way that you... Um, talk to people the way that you market things. It's gonna show. It's gonna show because it's not gonna have the the passion that you really have behind if you doing what you like. Now, when she started talking about what she likes to do, it was a totally different conversation, and that's the important part to know. And whether it's your, you know, and I tell people this too is like if you're marketing right, and you the idea of writing a blog just makes you want to put pins and needles in your eyes, right? Like it's going to show, why are you doing that to yourself? If you'd rather talk on a video, cause that works for you. Now there's other people who are like video. Oh my God, no, never. And there's other people who are like, I just want to write a few posts, right? Like, so the idea is to find what works for you and then utilizing it in where it's going to find your audience. And the best way, a little secret, for your it's amazing to me and i do this for every strategy that i write i say we're going to send out a little survey they're like my people won't answer it they do for but for one for two but the big question is and whether you did it on a survey or you just did it in a on your personal facebook page because there's people that you would want to have as clients not necessarily them but the the type of people because usually you want people that you like as your client saying what they don't ask even what social media sites they're on. So they make this assumption, right? They make this wild assumption. Well, they're not on LinkedIn and they're not in this. Have you, have you, have you asked? Right. Because, and that it, it amazes me because 
it's the easiest thing to ask. Well, what social media, what top two social media sites do you spend most of your time on? And and it and it, strangely enough, um, I was actually, I just did it, I looked it up for an article because again, we have these assumptions based on what we think the media has told us. And actually, so um those who are in um who are like Gen Xers like me, they are across the board on all of the social medias. They are like an even, they are actually the most active on social media than any other generation is. Our, but they don't pinpoint to anything, which makes sense for Gen Xers. Let's face it, a little while is where we were, right? We, we, we <laughs> so, so, but we are the most active and we buy more than any other generation. Saying that though, most people are like, well, Facebook is for this and this and this. And that's not necessarily true. I mean, there is a big onus on TikTok for the younger generation, the millennial, under millennials, I forget what they are, what my son is, Z, generation Z. But they are also just uh, as much on Instagram. And so it's like, I think that's why it's so important to talk to those you want to work with, because I think you would be surprised with where they're really hanging out. And to that point, my uh, I had done this strategy for a millennial lifestyle blog. Okay. And I asked the crazy question, how would you like to be communicated with? Like, where do you want to be us on social media? What platforms do you want us on? That kind of thing. And you know what the answer was? Email. Really? Oh, really? It, it, it shocked me, even for me. So again, I think that's the part of it is it like asking the right questions so that because a lot of people are like, well, I have to be on this. Well, if you ask your audience and they found you, they found, they like you, they hired you, that's who you need to ask. Because if you like who you're working with, you want to attract more of who you're working with. Other thing that I find that's not asked enough, which again goes to the point of, is why did you hire me? Now, if you may or may not never get them to write it down on a Google review, but there was something that they hired you, like what part of the phase did they say, okay, I really liked that blog or I really liked, or I heard like, this is what I liked about you. Because again, when you're talking about marketing is all about solving somebody's problem, right? Somebody has a problem, they're searching at 3 a.m. on Google, but you want to know what sets you out to be different to those you attracted. That's brilliant, because right? Go to the source. <laughs> go to the source. And what you'll find is, is that because a lot of times we go, well, this didn't work. So I'm going to set up and I'm going to recreate the wheel. We don't have to. We just need to re-speak to who we already spoke to and put it in a strategy to say, this is how we're going to communicate this. And so that's what I help people do. But again, common sense to me, because I've done this for a long time, People don't think to ask those questions, so they don't know how to connect with the right right way. Yeah. So as you're describing this, what's coming to my mind is Simon Sinek, Start With Why. And it kind of mm-hmm. goes back to what we were saying earlier about CAN programs and why they may or may not really work for you. And I think we're, we're back to that right now. And, and so Simon Sinek, Start With Why. What's the why behind everything else we're doing? I think he goes how and what next. I like to go what next. So why are we doing Mm -hmm. this? What are we doing? And then how are we going to do it? And 
the other thing you had said earlier too is, is this idea about I have to figure it all out. So I think on this why to what to how, we often start at how. What am I going to do? I have to figure this part out. And we don't even think about the why and the what. But I think when you're talking about bringing mindfulness in, that's backing up back to really what are you doing? Why, why are you doing it on this platform? And then to why are you doing this at all? Um, because when we can get clear on those pieces, then I think it's all figure outable. It's almost like the hows tend to answer themselves. Is that what you mm-hmm. find as well? Yeah. Well, and I'm going to take that a step further and only because Sean put this in my head. So for so long, when we figure out the why, but really particularly the why and the what even, right? The how works itself out. The how actually is none of our business because and in, in the attraction mindset thought, thought process, and especially for, and, and I am big into attraction marketing versus like promotion marketing. And I've had companies call me and they're like, I don't understand. We literally put a sale out every day. And I'm like, but that's not, that's not solving your problem, right? That's not even solving your customer's problem. Or they'll put out a link to something that they think somebody needs, which is fabulous, but you're also constantly sending people away to somebody else. It's amazing how much we say, okay, this is easy. And it does come from a place of ease. This is easy. I'll put these articles up. We'll send them over there. But we don't tell people how to come back to us, which is okay once in a while, but we need to make sure that that there is a balance to it all. So I, I, but what I really find is that if you have the what and the, and the why down, right, the how is really none of our business. So, and I say that in the, in the universal way, but the how really is, okay, strategically we have the what and the why, and now the how is going to be like the system. And then I'm going to let it go because again, I'm going to attract the right people because I've asked the right questions. I have the right process. And now I'm going to see this work. And, and people that I do this with, they're like, I can't believe it. And the other thing is, is that I give a lot of permission for people to do what they love to do, not what they don't want to do. And I say that, and, and that sounds like a, well, of course I'm doing what I love to do. But if you hate marketing, why are you doing this to yourself, right? And and I think there's a lot of fear in, I'm one person, I can only handle this much work. So, and I only have this much money. And so... I don't have money to hire a, a marketing person, right? And then this goes back to the cookie cutter first one. And what I what I help clients with and kind of what I do in my strategies is let's do this in tiers, right? Because if you start with the tier of what I really dislike, like if I write down all the things you like, like I have clients like write down all of the stuff that you do in your marketing, like write it all down and look at that list and go, I really, the idea of, of doing any content at all, it just, it just doesn't, it doesn't sit well, or I don't mind doing the content, but the idea of actually physically posting anything online is tedious. I get it all done and then I never get to post it, whatever that block is, because it's not in your, your zone of genius, right? Like, I think it's time to give people permission that you don't have to hire the whole agency. You can hire the assistant to do the little piece so that you can grow. Like, even that, like, like if the idea of, of granted videos you'd have to do, but the idea of editing the videos really just make you, could you hire the person just to edit it? How much free time would you have to really do the stuff that you love in your business 
right? And and a lot of this is about giving yourself permission to market the way that you want and to find the right people and that it doesn't have to be, I have to have, I don't have the 40,000 or the 30,000 to hire the whole thing. Right. It's about taking and then tearing it with, okay, once that works, yep. right. now I can go through the next thing. Yeah, I think that, you know, too, one of the things that I heard you say earlier is this idea of, you know, as we build our business in that first stage where we're getting consistent client acquisition systems in place, um, we do piecemeal things together because we are operating on a shoestring and, and we're doing the best we can. But when we're at that stage where now we can talk about scaling, now it's mm-hmm. really the time to come back and look again at are these systems really working for me? Am I, is there redundancy? Is there overwork here? Um, and I think that any time we have this sense that there's a block, there's something I don't want to look at, that's exactly what we need to be looking at. Because whatever mm-hmm. that is, is holding us back and, and our business back. Right. And and that's usually the biggest thing hurdle I hear with clients with scaling is that they're at this plateau of, I can't bring in any more clients because I can't handle any more work, but I can't hire somebody. And it's because it's so black and white sometimes in our thinking. It's so like, I have, you know, and, and, and going back to that, even in scaling, we can piecemeal. And I, and I am a big advocate for hiring what you need. It's not what, but even with that, right. To not over hire or under hire and, and, coming up with the processes, especially in your marketing of what that is like, right. And sometimes it's the freedom of, I don't have to get involved in my marketing until it hits this stage or hits the sales stage or hits the, and, and a lot of times like for, and, and I'll talk about the elephant in the room. The other issue that I hear a lot is it won't be authentic if it's not me. Oh, sure. I hear that, or it won't be authentic if I don't write it in the moment. Like there are, there are people who really feel like, truly feel like this. And, and, you know, it's coming up again, part of the strategy or part of the process is, well, how do you do that and not lose what you'd like to grow? Right. Because if you can find the right process and still keep you, you and your ideas and your vision in it, won't you be able to help more people as opposed to this stop start? Yeah. And exhausting right? yourself and all of your resources in the process. Right. And so kind of coming to this um, awakening of if I can still be authentic and that require, I mean, I'm going to tell you, it requires hiring the right people. I'm not going to say like that has a lot to do with this and I will help. I help with that because again, it's hiring the right people to do the right thing and what you're looking for. And um, saying that though, but once you can do that, like this idea that you can help more people that you really want to help in the way that you want to help them. Right. Because right now when we say, and, and you can, even for uh, bigger businesses, you can have a person and an assistant and still grow a million dollar business. I don't want to think that you can't, but as you continue to scale, you want to be able to say, okay, all of this is so that I can serve more people. If that's what you, and then there's some people who are like, nope, I'm good with three. Like I was an agency. I've never had more than 
I think the most I'd ever took on was nine clients and half of them were coaching and half of them. That's like, and I was good. My prices were set in a way that I was okay with that. And, and so, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, but what is your vision? But even if you want to get to that nine clients for nine clients, I had a full team. I was not, <laughs> I was not going to kind of try to do that all myself because the other thing that I find is, is that when we're scaling or when we're afraid to scale, we go into, okay, I'm doing all this client work. I won't market. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I need clients. These are coming to an end. And then I'm in this, right? And so coming up with the right strategy. So the process is like, and again, not recreating the wheel. So we're like, okay, it's this time we're going to do this. And it's this time so that it's more of a manageable thing when we market. So it's not this feast or famine because a lot of businesses, and I don't care whether... And, and again, mindset, like nobody buys from me this time of year or whatever, all of that is mindset stuff, right? So there's, there's that, right? Like, okay, but there are people who buy stuff during this time of year. They may be less, so you don't need to give up your whole business during the season because it's a little less, right? So it's really setting yourself up to succeed in a way that works for you. Now, a different mindset is, I don't feel like working this season because I've made enough money. That's totally different, but that's a great thing to have. But don't set yourself up to be like, well, it's I I, I don't really market and I don't spend any money during this time because I know nobody's going to buy. You're like setting yourself up to make no money. So, so it's changing those ideas of the consistency and what that looks yeah. like as opposed to these uh, coming from a point of view first- of black marketer that I've spoken to that specifically do- digs into this mindset. Now, a lot of a lot of marketers do, right? I think um especially as consciousness is growing, I think we're all starting to look at um what are those roots, uh why's and what's, right? And and stop spending so much time in those hows because that's where we exhaust ourselves. We don't have nearly the control that we think we need or that we would need to control all of those house. So that's what we have to kind of let go of. So I really appreciate your approach to this. Um, and it, it, that approach then allows you to say, well, I know this, I know the basics of, of marketing. I know how to attract your clients, but it has to be your, what was your threesome? It has to be right for you. It has to be right for your company and the problem that you're solving. And it has to be right for the people that you're actually attracting. And and I think that that is the part that I know I've struggled with and most of my colleagues that I've spoken with struggle with figuring out these three things. And um, I kick myself now saying, why did I struggle so much? Why didn't I ask for help in figuring out these three things so that I had some clarity on the why and the what? And then, you know, then I had options of being able to make decisions. Do I want to invest in this right now? Or is this something that I can continue to kind of kick down the road to a particular time or or event? But putting that why and the what first, putting ourselves as the owner of this company, giving, taking that ownership of this outcome, rather than saying, oh, it's that program didn't work or, you know, the market shifted or whatever the external excuse is, just this gives us the, the opportunity really to own it, I think. 
Right. And, and that's the thing is like, you know, I, I feel for companies that call me and they'll say, well, can you look at my marketing? And I can see, like, I will watch, I can look through, I have the ability to look through marketing and see if it's streamlined. I can just do that. And I can see where companies have hired other people and there is no alignment of what who the person is that I'm speaking to because I hear it, you know, who they are, the name of the company, their values, and what I'm actually seeing in their social media. And you can see when it's a tactic that somebody tried and it hasn't worked because there's no alignment. And that's really what we're getting at is there needs to be an alignment between the company, the purpose, and and the marketing, right? There shouldn't. Interestingly enough, I was um, there's there's a lady in um, in England. She's lovely. We we talk. We both do marketing, but she's worked for their. Um, she has worked for several large agencies. There, I'll just put it that way. Anyway, so she was doing marketing campaigns for them, and you know, one of the larger agencies and she was like, you know, they did this whole thing about how friendly and how wonderful they are and how, you know, outreach and all of this stuff. And then I'd go and talk to the the employees and there was no alignment from what they were saying to how the employees felt because they never asked the employees. (laughs) They just never talked to them. And so she started to bring this idea of like, let's, tell the truth kind of sort of. And so, you know, again, it's got to be aligned and your employees, because you can't have this great, like, this is the best thing in town. And then you get to the employees and they don't feel like that. And they're getting a different response. And I've worked with a lot of medical, strangely enough, um, I've worked with a lot of medical companies, practical practices. And, you know, and I always say to them, we're looking at your marketing. Whatever we're saying isn't aligned with the person who's going to meet them first at the front desk. Because if those two are not aligned, it's you're gonna you're gonna have some really, really angry patients. And they look at me like, what? And I'm like, no, 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 this is what marketing alignment means. Is that you know, and not that people don't have bad days and everything, but this is what this means is like. So, you know, we look at marketing as this like, oh, this is to get people into us, but we got to make sure it all matches and it feels right yeah, all, all the way through the process. Right. I love it that you even bring it down to the employees. And that's what I really work on with my clients is making sure that the, their clients are enrolled in their mission, right? They're on the same page. It's not just a job uh, that, you know, come in and do. And that doesn't mean you take advantage of them, at it, but they're, they're, they're invested in the mission with you. And when that investment's not there, then you can t- you can tell an employee that that's just there for a paycheck, and there's an employee that's there because their heart is in it. And um, so, when what's coming to my mind is when you were talking about the alignment of those three elements with marketing, and if you're not getting your results, I it sounded like check the alignment. And if you are, are you know you have a team and you're not getting the results, I would say the same thing: check your alignment. Are you all on the same page? And I'm going to come back to my story about like why I, you know, I'm kicking myself for not asking for help with this earlier on in my 
experienced as an entrepreneur, like this marketing message to me is like at the heart of the business. And if there's not alignment there, you can't, don't forget, forget about sales, <laughs> right? You're not going to get there. And then you have no business without sales. So I, I love this. And I'm so grateful and appreciative of you um, bringing this to our awareness, talking to us about the importance of our, our alignment with ourselves and our marketing so that we're really attracting and not in this model, we don't have to worry about being salesy there. It doesn't right. even exist. <laughs> You'll attract the right. And that's yeah. the thing is like, once you get your alignment and your strategy, right. Believe it or not, it's the tactical of it. Let's say for instance, this is what I call the technical piece of it is just like those, those things are okay once that's aligned and once you understand you just put the building blocks into okay we're going to do it here here and here but you know and i always say this too and this is so important for people to hear they build up these brands on all of these different platforms right which is fabulous i'm not saying anything against that but but be very mindful of and this is why alignment is so important if that platform went away tomorrow would you should be able to duplicate anything you're doing there on another platform and think, and it should be a very easy switch. And if it is not, if it is not, then the alignment is wrong. Because again, you're not, you don't need to recreate the wheel on every platform. You need to know where your customers are and be able to just say, this is what works because of who we are and what we do. And it will work. It doesn't matter if it's on Facebook. I mean, granted, ask, but it really shouldn't matter because the marketing message is aligned to who you That's are right. and what you do. Exactly. Wendy, I'm grateful that you are here serving our Conscious Entrepreneurs uh, community. We really appreciate your contribution. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So where can people find you? Well, I'm a big advocate of LinkedIn, I will say. This is usually, that is actually the fastest way to find me. I, I spend more time on LinkedIn any, than anywhere else. But you can also find me, um, you can email me. I still have it under my old company name because I still like that that name, even though I don't. <laughs> but it's Wendy at socialabundancemarketing.com. And um, you can just find me under my name uh, at wendymanganero.com. Beautiful. Well, all of those um, links to your profile, your LinkedIn, and to your email will be in our description notes. So if you are listening to this and you know that you've got some uh, misalignment with your marketing, give Wendy a call. Do not put this off. Your business, th there's no need to put this off any longer. The alignment opportunity is here and Wendy's here to hold your hand through that. Wendy, once again, thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for having me today. Really enjoyed this. Thanks for listening. We're not just a podcast. We're a community. So before you go, we invite you to join the Consciouspreneur Mastermind community. We are a powerful movement of high-achieving, impact-focused entrepreneurs who are leading the charge, making the world a better place through business. We offer a comprehensive suite of tools, techniques, support, and direction, all rolled up into a community-driven, inspirational launch pad. We will nudge you out of your comfort zone and into your genius zone so that you can lead your business with clarity and focus. If you're looking for a community of like-minded and like-spirited people who support your personal development and business growth, well, you found the right place. Plus, we have a lot of fun. 
After all, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Remember, we're all in this together. Check out the link in the details in the description below and help our community grow by liking, subscribing, and sharing the content. We look forward to having you join us next week. Until then.